0: Good evening everyone. Bishos Mar Dasra It is an incredible and overwhelming s'chus Baruch Hashem to be here with all of you tonight and I want to thank this, the Rav, the Rabbits and the entire community for hosting such a beautiful Simchas HaTorah in what is clearly an overwhelming and difficult time. You know when we have to think about things Should we dance, should we not dance? Simcha, not simcha. So you know that something has occurred that hits to the very essence, that hits to the very neshama of the Jew, because the Jew's default natural disposition is one of simcha, and not just any simcha, but exuberant simcha. And when we have to think about how to navigate, even a simcha satora, I think it shows us the enormity of the events that we are witnessing, and the enormity of the times that Klal Yisrael is weathering. It's a great Hashem to be here in Eretz Yisrael during this time. And one of the visits that we had, and I want to thank Rabbi Glasser and the leadership of the OU for really organizing this trip. It's been uh, transformative, it was very uncomfortable whenever people thanked us for coming as it felt very empty. It was a great, not that, not that the expression was empty, but it felt strange for us to be the recipient of people's praises for getting on an airplane and staying at a hotel. Not that much Monsieur Asnefesh in the hotel, whatever, but you know, not, not that much Monsieur as involved on our part. And one of the most incredible things, and it's a feeling that I only realized once I got here, is that there was something that I was feeling since Shemini Atzeris, since that Shabbos morning. When, you know, the Medrash says that when the Mabul came, the Mabul, the flood of Noach, affected every single land except Eretz Yisrael. And on Shemini Atzeris, it felt like there was a Mabul and it only affected Eretz Yisrael. And for those of us in the diaspora, going two days and not knowing what was happening, getting a little bit of information here, a little bit of information there. No one really had a full picture, but we were even a little bit more disconnected. And I realized that all this time, I've been experiencing a profound feeling of disconnect. And it was only once we landed in Ben Gurion with all of our duffel bags, which we had to lie to customs on two sides of the ocean that for the first time since the overwhelming events of Shemini Atsaras, we finally felt some greater level of connection. Because the only thing worse than suffering is suffering alone. And that we were processing and digesting everything that happened to our people, but we were processing and digesting it from 6,000 miles away exacerbated and amplified the pain that we were experiencing. So it is a schos. Baruch Hashem to be here with all of you tonight. It would have been a schos just to have dinner with all of you wonderful people. And the schos is compounded by the fact that we get to celebrate a siyum. The fact that we get to celebrate Torah together. We hope that all of the Torah learned tonight, Hashem Hashem, be a for all of our precious soldiers. should Yeretz Hashem, be who should give them the incredible siyat of the O's, the oz, the gvura, to recognize that they are not just fighting the fight of Am Yisrael, but this is humanity's fight of good versus evil. And it is the schos of Am Yisrael to be the tip of the spear in humanity's fight of good versus evil. It's your children who are the tip of the spear in this incredible melchama, of Tov versus Ra, of R versus Choshech. And just know that even though we may not know each other, and even though our communities may be separated by thousands of miles, not a day goes by that we don't daven for your children. Not a day goes by that we don't learn in the merit of our precious soldiers. And not a day goes by that we don't daven for each of you. To have the incredible strength, to have the wisdom, to have the fortitude, to have the hope, and to have the optimism, to be able to weather these difficult times in Amir Hashem, make it towards the beautiful gu'ula that awaits all of us. It's also a little bit difficult to get up and speak after two masterful speakers. And I'm the only thing standing between you and dessert. So you put all of that together, this is not exactly the coveted spot. <laughs> but I want to tell you just something a little bit about your about Yamar D'Asra. So, my balabat of you in know, my shul, that I, I am a big arm twister. Not about most things, really just about learning. Feel, again, everyone has to have a yomi, everyone has to do something. And there was one guy in my Kahila who I've been working on for a very long time to get him to learn daf yomi. He has the ability to do so, he has the time, he has the flexibility. And for months and months, every time I would see him, I would always hack him, you know, it's time to begin to learn the daf. And Baruch Hashem, we have a beautiful sheer every single morning, and Baruch Hashem, an online community as well. And I told him, okay, you can't make it at 5.45 in the morning, don't worry, you can get it on YouTube, you can get it on a podcast, there's plenty of opportunities to learn. But I said, there's really no excuse. It's was going on for a couple of weeks, probably about a, ma- a month into this exchange, he comes over to me, he says, Rebbe, I just want to tell you, okay, I started, I started Dafyomi. I said, fantastic, this is incredible, so what are you listening on? And he looked down. I said, what's wrong? He said, oh no, it's not with you. <laughs> it's with Rabbi Rosner. <laughs> I said, ribon Hashem, thank you for the lesson in novel. Okay, wonderful, good. But Bar Hashem, I'm sure all of you know in this incredible community that you are blessed with the Rav. <laughs> who is a combination of not just both a Sinai and an Oker Harim, both someone who is a repository of an immense, immense amount of information, someone with profound koach of analysis, but also a Bal Midos Tovos, who is truly just the model of what a Jew is supposed to look like. You don't really need me to say anything. The truth is you heard from Yorov, you heard from Rabbi Glasser. If you learn from your Rav, listen to your Rav, I guarantee you anything and everything you need to know to be successful in life, you will have. So I'll just share with you something short and then Amir Tzah Hashem, allow, allow the evening to progress. There's an incredible Gemara in Meseches Brachas. The Gemara says, Minolan garam. How do you know that a name is important? The Gemara captures, the talking about the idea that a name, fascinating part about a name is that a name captures the essence of an individual. When you look at a person's name, you can see the entirety of who they are, what they are, where they come from, where they're going, all in their name. And that's why, interestingly enough, name changes are something incredibly dramatic. Generally, contemporarily, we reserve name changes for when? For when? Again, someone is in a very, a very precarious situation and again, it's just a difficult, difficult outlook or a difficult road ahead. So we changed the name. The hope is you could change the mazel. That's the power of a name. That a name represents a mazel. A name represents a destiny. A name represents a certain almost like bucket of shefa, of divine bracha, of divine blessing, of divine energy. So when you want to change the trajectory of a person's life, you change their name. But of course, we know that in Sefer Beretius, the Torah is filled with incredible name changes. But they're not name changes because something bad has happened, just the opposite. They're name changes in order to open the door to something incredible. So just last week, the Deboshalim changes Avram Abinu's name and changes it ultimately again from Avram, which Rashi HaKadosh explains, Avaram, he was a man who had an influence over a much smaller regional area. And the extra A, the extra Hey Av Hamon Goyim, Avraham, father of a multitude of nations, representing the idea that Armavino would impact not just a community and not just a region, but mankind in its entirety. And the Arizal, in Shachal Gilgulim, says something amazing. I going to quote you. Arizal writes, echad shnei Every single person has two names. There's a name that you have, it's the name that you're given by your parents, for a boy it is bris, for a girl, again, by the Kriyas HaTorah, depending on the meaning of the community. That's the name you get from your parents. That name is inspired by Ruach HaKodesh, you know, parents have to give their child a name, which captures the entire destiny of a child. and. For a girl, you might know this baby for a couple of hours. For a boy, maybe you have eight days. But how are you supposed to give your child the name that represents the destiny? It's an aspirational desire for what you want your child to become. The host of your child. The Arizal says, parents are given Ruach HaKodesh. They're given a degree of prophecy to be able to give their child just the right name. So there's one name. There's one name says the Arizal, which represents during the Shema HaKedosh, which represents all of the good, all of the beauty and all of the holiness you possess. But listen to what he writes. There's another name that each of us have. And it's my broken name. It's the name of all of the things that are broken inside of me. Each person says the Arizal has two names. Your given name, which is the name that represents your holiness the name that represents your potential, the name that represents, again, your abilities and your destiny. And then there's a name which represents all of the things that are broken inside of you. Because dear friends, we all have things that are broken inside of us. We all have things that are in disrepair and urgent need of repair. There's a second name. Darizal then goes on to explain that the whole essence of life is to discover What is your broken name? What's my broken name? Because the entire avolda in life is to identify the things that are broken, to identify the things that are in a state of disrepair and to fix them. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. I'm not just simply here to do good. I'm not just here just for the assay tov. But ultimately, really what I'm here is to fix the things that are broken. Two names. One for the positive, spiritual, dynamic energy that each of us possess and one representing the things that are all broken. But there's a third name also. That result doesn't discuss a third name, but there's a third identity. The third identity is actually mentioned in this week's parish. The Torah opens, Vayira Love Hashan. The Ribon Shalom appears to Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu is post-Brismila. And the Ribbonu Shalom appears to him, like Rashi says, to do the mitzvah b'cholim, to visit the sick. And the great side of Yitzhak of of Yogi HaYogin says something amazing. The Rebbe says, why doesn't the Torah mention Avram Avinu's name? Vayera el Avram. Why Vayera elav Hashem? And the Levi Yitzchak says something amazing. He says, sometimes a person could accomplish something so great that they outgrow their original name. Sometimes you could do something of such spiritual epic proportions that the name, the identity you had until it doesn't fit you anymore. And Abel believe Yitzchak's wording, he says the letters of your name, if you imagine each letter as a vessel, as a clee, they're there to go ahead and receive and retain the shefa, the divine energy that comes down. Well, sometimes a person reaches such a level, and they've generated such divine energy flowing into their life, that there are not enough kalim, not enough utensils, in the letters of their name. Or that's why, says Yitzhak, Vayir Avraham gave himself a brismillah, and at an advanced age, after doing everything that he did, Avram Avinu transcended his Avraham identity. Can you imagine this? He already went from Avram to Avraham. And by the beginning of parashas Vayera, says Rebbe Yitzhak, Avraham Avinu has a third identity. We call it a transcendent identity. It's that identity that you actualize, when you surpass expectations. It's the identity that you actualize when not only do you go ahead and find out your co but you dig down deep to find new co that you never knew you had. Each and every one of us has these three identities. My birth name, which represents the co and the destiny I have. My broken name, which represents the things that are in a state of disrepair. And my transcendent name. That's the person I am capable of becoming. Lady Yitzchak says, most of us don't end up actualizing our transcendent identity. Most of us hover somewhere around our birth identity. But the Rebbe says, there's a whole new identity that's waiting for us. This whole new vayira, a love identity that is waiting for each of us. So how do we actualize it? How do we actualize that transcendent identity? Because deep down, isn't that what we're looking to do? Deep down, I wanna know that after 120, I didn't live an ordinary, regular life. That after 120, I did something not just nice and good, but I did something magnificent. How do I actualize that transcendent identity? So I've been thinking a lot about this and i think one of the answers the truth is is right here in Eretz Yisrael i will tell you one of the things that strikes me so much since the war began is sometimes feel, and this is the perspective of someone living currently in Galus in the diaspora but it struck me that like everyone in Eretz Yisrael has like a superman identity what do I mean by that Do you remember superman you know like he would write he just pull back the shirt and there was like a new identity here. So it's incredible. Everybody's going about their lives, and then war comes, and everybody morphs into someone different. I was working on a project with a couple of people here in Eretz Yisrael in Yerushalayim. And on Matze Matze for us had an email saying, My silver, just gotta tell you, the project's on hold. Project's on hold. Um, I'm a mifakade in the army. I'm sorry, I'm I'm gonna be out, I don't don't know how long I'm gonna be out. Two days ago, this guy was like a real estate tycoon, right? He's sealing deals, he's getting investors, he's this. The next thing I know, he's sending me videos with him really like yelling at people, right? Mambish, like taking these young soldiers, like you know, getting them into, it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. How does one person morph into someone else? It's been incredible to see, just again, I've been watching this from a distance, and now over the last couple of days I've been able to see it here, how every single person that feels like here in the beautiful, beautiful state of Israel has transformed themselves into something different. Whether you're a chesed organizer, whether you're a barbecuer, whether you're a food deliverer, whether you're a letter writer, right? Everyone has like these new skill sets. Right? So again, three weeks ago, everyone had a day job. Three weeks ago, everyone was a regular person. And now, you have all developed transcendent identities. You've all become someone else. You've all become someone else. Not someone else you thought of becoming, not someone else you planned to become, but ultimately, again, as someone else who is accomplishing things that you probably never thought you could, or would have to accomplish. What's incredible for us to see in our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael, is a Vayira, a love identity being actualized en masse. People surpassing birth identity and really holding on to an actualizing transcendent identity. But how does that happen? How do you transform into Superman overnight, which so many of you did? and I think just one man's opinion, it's a result of Achtos, as the Rav Shlita mentioned before. You see, when everyone around you is becoming a heightened, more refined version of themselves, everybody's got to do it. The tremendous Achtos that exists within Klal Yisrael now, the tremendous Achtos Earlier today, we were on a, an army base in Shlomit, in the north, and I had an opportunity to share a few words. And I said to the, to the holy soldiers who were there, I said, you know, my greatest fear, when this war is over, after we are victorious, that what happens to the Achtos, what happens, after, what happens to the Achtos? Rav Shmuel Elio was there, he said, don't worry, there'll be another war. <laughs> I said, okay. I wanted to suggest something a little bit different, but he's Rav Shmuel Elio. okay. What happens to the actus? Doesn't it feel great to be Biachat? Doesn't it feel great that when you walk down the street, suddenly it no longer matters what your opinions are about judicial reform? And by the way, this is spilling over into America as well. Suddenly again, barriers are coming down. Communities are uniting. People are coming together. mamish is a You know what we're discovering? My Rabbi Rabbi Willig always used to say that the Torah doesn't say, Rashi doesn't say, Ishachad, Gimar doesn't say Ishekad bedehad." It doesn't say one people with one opinion, because such a thing never happened and never will happen. But the incredible part that we're seeing is you could have differences of opinion, but there could still be incredible achdos. How do we go ahead and actualize a transcendent identity? Dear friends, the first answer is achdos. When we are together, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. There's an energy and there's an energy that is currently coursing through the collective heart of Am Yisrael. And it's pushing us. It's pushing us to be better. And it's pushing us to be greater. And it's pushing us to do more and it's pushing us to learn more and it's pushing us to do more chesed and it's pushing us towards the road of avasrinam. And it's pushing and it's pushing and it's pushing. And generally we don't like to be pushed. But something incredible is happening is no one is pushing back. We're all going with the flow, the beautiful flow of Achtos. And that's the first way in which we actualize our transcendent identity. The second way, the second way, is through Torah. What I mean is Rabbi Razner so beautifully read before, the last two lines of the Gemara. Such an interesting Gemara. The Gemara is talking about, again, as the Gemara said, Rabbi he said... I would leave beside, leave behind all the professions of the world and only focus on Torah. So the Gemara ends off by saying as follows. He says, he says if a person has a profession, do So the Pasha, Pasha the Pasha understanding is, you have a profession, your profession is only yours as long as you could perform the job. So if you're a doctor, right, you're a lawyer, you're an accountant, as long as you have your mental faculties, you could do it. You're in construction, as long as you have some level of physical agility, you can do it. Even you're a rebbe. Your as long as you have some ability to convey or do something, you have it. You have to be able to actualize your career skill set in order to be able to do your desired job. When you get old, if your intellectual acumen is not there, Right? If your intellectual tools are not present, you're going to have a hard time performing the skills or performing the labor of your youth. Aval Torah ain't okay, Torah is not like this. <speaking in Hebrew> Torah is there for you when you're young. <speaking in Hebrew> Listen to the words of the Gemara. Torah is profound, why? <speaking in Hebrew> it gives you hope for a future, <speaking in Hebrew> and hope, Be'is ziknusa, when you're old. So I guess the Pasha shot of the Gemara is that the beauty of Torah is that if you, you have it, and not only do you have it in this world, but you have it in the world to come. But perhaps there's another meaning of the Gemara. You know, the B'shem says on the Pasuk, Al-Tash Lichini Le'es Zikna. Such a profound statement. And the truth is, anyone who is either older or deals with the elderly knows that sometimes the hardest part of getting old is being forgotten about. It's being forgotten about. Is not being able to fend for yourself, being reliant on others, and if you're Zoha, to have beautiful and loving family around you, it's great. But not everybody has that. So he said, Do not cast me out when I'm old." but the Ba'ashen Dara says something amazing. He says, "Zikna is not a biological stage. He says, what's a zucking? This is incredible, he says, what's a zucking? A zucking is someone who is set in his ways. A zucking is someone who says, this is it, love it or leave it, right? This is who I am, this is what I am, this is my temperament, these are my midos, I am set in my ways and I am immune." There's a lot of smiles as I'm saying this. I'm guessing there are some people like this, right? I, I am set in my ways and that's it. That's zikna. That's zikna. Just resigning yourself that this is who I am, this is what it is, this is what life is, and it's unchangeable. Never let me fall into the mindset of thinking that I can't evolve, that I can't change, that I can't grow, that I can't develop a transcendent identity. And maybe that's the pshat in the gemara. Do you know what the power of Torah is? Do you know what the power of Torah is? The Gemara says, This is now Baruch Hashem, the third cycle of Dath Yomi that I have the the privilege to teach. In the last cycle, in the last cycle, I had a man in my shul who had never learned Torah before. This, This is not hyperbolic. He never learned Torah in his life. He didn't even follow him with Kriyasa Torah because of this Kiddish club. Hey, so he wasn't, right? He wasn't, like, in other words, he wasn't, there was no Torah. There was no Torah. He was 71 years old. He decided, you know what? I'm going to learn. At his 80th birthday, he celebrated a Siyam And at 80 and a half, he passed away. The power of Torah is that Torah changes you. We all know it. You know how you feel after you learn. And by the way, Rabbi Rosner might not like this, right? But, by the Hasidim, there's the Kantz. Rabbi Nachman says, even if you don't understand what you're learning, it doesn't make a difference. Because maybe your mind doesn't understand it, but your heart, your Shama, understands everything. And so just when you learn, even if the mind says, I have no idea what's going on. And those of you who learn the daf know that there are absolutely days like that. I don't know what's going on. Truth is, I don't even know why I'm doing this, right? I'm not sure what benefit there is for me for cloudy Yisrael for the world. I think it, but you know what? What do you do? You power through, why? Because even after that daf that you may not have understood, you still feel different. I'm a different person. That's the power of Torah, says Rabbi Nooroi. No senes lo achris. Torah says, I could become someone different. I could become someone greater. I could become someone better. The so. Suddenly again, I don't have to be the same person. But I have the ability to be like an Avram Avinu and develop a transcendent identity. And in reality, that's what we're celebrating here tonight. A double simcha. The simcha of Baruch Hashem finishing a Masechta and finishing Seder Nashim, which is an overwhelming and beautiful and incredible accomplishment. But also we're celebrating the simcha of Vayira Elav Avram. Vayira Elav Hashem, excuse me. We're celebrating the simcha of recognizing that, yes, I have a broken identity that I need to fix. I have a birth identity that ultimately again I need to live up to. But I have a transcendent identity that I have not yet begun to truly tap into. But I can because it's in the air. It's in the air. And if I tap into the achdus of Klael Yisrael, that'll help me along the way. And if I tap into the Torah of Klael Yisrael, that'll help me along the way. That's the simcha. That like Avram Avinu, who developed a transcendent identity, who became Avram, who became Avraham, became just a love because he was too great for a name. We have the ability to reach that level of personalistic accomplishment as well. The opening Mishnah, the opening Mishnah in Meseches Kiddushin, read, "Ha'isha Nickness B'Gimel There are three ways that a person has the ability to affect Kiddushin: Kesef, Shtar, Bia. So Kesef, money; Shtar, a document; and Bia, intimacy. And the great Sadeh Shlomo, Shlomo Adam says that there is an incredible remez in this. The Rebbe says, "Ha'isha niknes, Isha." Niknis, isha is Klal Yisrael, is Klal Yisrael. Who's the Baal, who's the husband? The husband is the Ribono Shalolam. There are three ways or three times in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu has acquired us as his own. Kesef, the Rebbe says, that's a reference to Yetzias Mitzrayim. We left Egypt and Baruch Hashem, we left with rechush gadol, with great amount of wealth. Shtar, remez l'ge'ulas Ezra, right? Ezra sent letters to the Babylonian community. It's time to come home. So again, Kesaf the first Gula of Mitzrayim. Shtar, the second Gula of Bayasheni. And Bia, says the Pharaoh Shlomo, is Bias Goel, is the coming of Mashiach. We have been Zolche Baruch Hashem, to be acquired by HaKadosh Baruch Hu in first two of the three ways. And Halavai, in the zchus of the snavsh of Shevkalal Yisrael, in the zchus of all the sacrifices that we, and specifically you, the holy Jews of Eretz Yisrael, have had to make, in the zchus of acquiring our transcendent identity, may we be zochem y'artza Hashem to the third and final stage of Kiddushin with the shel Shalolah. May we be zochem Hashem to see the Geula to see Tchias Samesim, to see the third base Hamikdash, and to see Amirat HaShem, the Melech HaMashiach, Mehera bi Amen. Amen.